Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the owner and head coach at Straight Shot Training. This is part two in our two-part episode on our first experience training for and competing in a strongman competition. In the first episode, Rebecca, Brandon, and I discussed our training along with our coach, Andrew, and gave you a brief overview of the events at this competition. In this episode, we get into the specifics of how we did on each of those events and reflect on the entire strongman competition experience. Plus, we'll give you some tips on how to enjoy your first competition as a strongman or strongwoman. All right, so before we get into talking about that event, let's take it back to, um, let's kind of go through the way they were set up in the parking lot. So we'll start with Fingal Fingers, which is my first event. Um, when we get to whatever your first event is, I want to, you to give me what your take was on your first event okay. because I almost threw up after mine. My heart rate was so high and I was so amped. Once you get through the first event, did that change the whole day for you? Like it helped you kind of calm yeah, down yeah, some? Definitely. It really we helped showed me. you like how it was going to run. Like, yeah. Because the way they like called your name, you're getting like so much anxious, like anxiety. Yeah. Like, like I was, was going to call my name. Yeah. So first, first off, strong men do not warm up. <laughs> no. <laughs> they don't. No. Number one. Okay. <laughs> They were also smoking in between um, <laughs> attempts. It's a totally different culture than you think of, even with like CrossFit. Very CrossFit in that like um, you're going all out at each event. You're trying to move as fast as you can. There's a lot of people cheering for you. That was really cool is how many people cheered for you. Cool. But uh, very different than CrossFit events, very different than the normal gym experience. So uh, Fingal Fingers was flipping these things as fast as you could. It was really cold in the morning. Um, I ended up uh, seeing everybody was using like gloves, like mechanics gloves. Mm-hmm. Did you borrow somebody's? So you had I your used own? John's. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah. So I borrowed somebody else's gloves, um, which really helped. Uh, we did get a chance to kind of press the fingers to see like how they felt. Yeah. Um, I did okay in that event. I got to the the fifth, the five hundred pound one. Um, I did. It was timed. Uh, I got the one, two, and three really easy. The four, it took me a second to get up my belt on my shoulder, press it overhead, and then throw it over. The five, I got to my shoulder, started walking up, and I ran out of time. So how'd you do on the fingers? So I got one and two were really easy. And just like flipped them, right? Just yeah. basically flipped them, and then three just felt like a huge jump from two. <laughs> so yeah. that one, it was a struggle. I got it on my leg, got it on my belt, got it a little higher on my stomach, got it up to my shoulder, and then I started walking it in. You didn't press it overhead, though? You I, walked on your shoulder? I walked okay. it on my shoulder. Okay. Um, and then once you got to the point where it was like almost vertical, I just felt like I was taking two steps forward and three steps back. I mean, I would lunge it forward, and then the weight would kind of push me back, and then I'd lunge oh, it forward again. And then eventually I was able to get the third one over. Um, but okay. then I only had like 10 seconds left, so I just didn't. You just called it out there. I just called it out. And how'd you do with the fingers, Brandon? Um, the fingers were, fingers were good. Um, I got through the third one, and then the fourth one, they have like the blocks underneath. So yeah. as soon as I like picked it up, he removed it, and I was like, "Oh crap! Like this is heavy." So I set it all the way down uh, and like readjusted it, and I was like, "Crap!" So then like the way I deadlifted it up was like backwards with my fingers. This is the only way that I could get okay. underneath it, yeah, because I couldn't get it fully underneath. So I got it up to like my legs and then to my belt, and I had it up there, and I just couldn't like like Keep hip drive it up. it up and like get it underneath. Yeah. And I just I wasn't like confident in it and like having four hundred pounds, I was like, eh, I'm good. Now before this whole thing even started, um, Andrew's told my wife, You're gonna watch somebody almost die today. Yeah. First event <laughs> in the sub one sixty five class for men, the smaller guys, this one guy goes, flips the first finger over fast, 
gets the second one, starts walking it up, slips, hangs onto the thing, it bends him over completely backwards and pile drives him into the ground. <laughs> and I looked at, over at Rachel and she looked at me and we're like, we just watched someone die. <laughs> he got up and he finished, he finished as far as he could in the event, but mm -hmm. that's pretty common to see people just go all out. Uh, getting Somebody else got hurt at the, at the deadlift as well. Yeah, um... I, th I think as a as a competitor, you need to be you need to have like a like so there's there's a fine line between like athlete responsibility and like pushing yourself really hard. Yeah. And I just a lot of people who compete in strong man and strong woman tend to like push really hard. And I know especially on the max log with the with the women uh, yeah. for uh, Re Rebecca's class and the class before her. Yeah. There was some. Some, some they're near, dropping the bar, near the bar in their heads, on yeah, the, yeah, on the max yeah. log. Um, and I just, I think it's, it's imperative for like coaches and athletes to communicate, and especially in like attempts and things that they're going to try. You, I mean, you want to walk yeah. out of these things and not get injured. That's yes. that's obviously like number one priority, you know. <laughs> so um, I just think people, people for whatever reason, I, I don't know if it's ego or whatever, they tend to push really hard. And like I said, you will you will see someone almost die today, <laughs> yeah, and that happened probably. 20, 20 times in that yes. competition. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, fingers. We'll rotate over to the car deadlift. So preparing for the car deadlift, we did a lot of trap bar deadlifts, which is where you're standing inside that hexagon bar or octagon bar, uh, and you're deadlifting it so your handles are on the sides. The car is kind of set up the same way, but instead of deadlifting up, you have to like deadlift up to break the the frame off the ground, right, Andrew? And then after the frame breaks, then the car starts to tip after that? Is that what's happening? Yeah, so you have to almost, like, flex the frame. Okay. And get the frame, you know, tight off the ground and then pull there. And then once you get there, you're kind of, like, hinging almost. And okay. And pushing your hips through to, to try to lock out And kind of lift. leaning back. Some? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not crazy about the lean back. Yeah, that was um, confusing Q, Q I just don't think it's it's a great one. Car deadlift is is its own animal. It was really popular for a long time in like the late two thousands. Okay. And it seems like it's making a comeback now. So oh boy. Um that should be fun. But yeah. um it's just it's its own animal. Yeah. Um, I mean I've seen professional strongmen who I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with like Derek Poundstone, but Derek Poundstone yeah. was a very prominent strongman, like won the Arnold Classic three times. Yeah. Um, and he <clears throat> almost was beaten by a relatively mid-tier strong strongman at America's Strongest Man in 2000. I believe it was nine. Don't quote me on that though. But <laughs> um, but he didn't. He wasn't able to lift the car. And you're talking about somebody who. So almost, he's so he's zero the event. Correct. Yeah. Hasn't it? it well, I won't say his name just, okay. just to be respectful. But he's yeah. he's a great strong strong man, and he doesn't compete anymore. But he would have beaten Derek Pounce on that year, but he couldn't uh, car. Well, he couldn't deadlift a truck. So, okay. So yeah. So zeroing an event means you can't lift the lightest weight in that event, right? Because sometimes Correct. the weights increase. So zeroing yes. event. So so one of the goals I had for myself going into it, which I realized now was was kind of a lofty goal. Um, I'm glad I I did okay with this one, but I didn't want to zero an event. But Andrew, how many events have you zeroed? Quite a few, right? So it's so it's a yeah. normal thing. I was thinking, you know, oh, oh yeah, and I've zeroed events as as lately as like 2017. Okay, and so that's something that people can be need to be okay with is that you might not be able to lift the lightest weight in that event. Yes, it happens all the time, and it's happened to everyone. Okay, so yeah, yeah, because I, I saw the weights going into this and thought I'm not going to zero because I knew going into it, but the car was much heavier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, but I think, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, l like I said, car deadlift is its own animal. Yeah, um, it's kind of it's kind of in its own separate class class of event. It's called a car deadlift, but it's just 
like you said, it's it's its own little yeah. beast. And well, because not only because you're deadlifting it, and then if you get a rep, they throw plates on. Correct. So I got one rep with it. They threw a 45 pound plate on. I got another rep with it, and then I couldn't move it at all after that. Mm. And there were guys who were doing plenty more reps right. outside of that. There's also no like standardization in strongman, obviously. So. The car deadlift you could do here with a, a small car, yeah, and it could be very challenging. You could also have like a different setup on the car deadlift, and you could have like an SUV and probably pull it for ten. Okay, it all just depends on kind of how far the handles are away from the car, kind of almost how far like the a, frame is away from it. Yeah, yes, okay. yep, and then how. Um, you know, it, whether it's on blocks, you know, how high the pull is when you initially start to, so like, almost pull it, like, make it, like, a rack pull. Okay. Things like that. So, um, yeah, car deadlift yeah. is – and I've zeroed a lot of car deadlifts. Yeah. So I, I'm not a fan, but <laughs> – So it, it was the same car for you, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, Rebecca, you had a tire on yours? Tire. Yeah. What would you guys think? I was not prepared for what that was going to feel like. How heavy it was. How heavy it was. And even the motion, I was just thinking it would feel like a deadlift. Yeah. And, and they kept telling you to walk your feet farther forward yeah, and lean so, back. She kept falling. Yeah. So I had yeah. so many, I mean, all of my competitors knew that this was my first competition. So they were very encouraging and they were trying to help me out. But they were also all yelling things at to me at the same time. And I was trying to do all of it all at the same time. And I'd never done it before. So yeah, they... The cues that they gave didn't actually help me much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brandon, what did you think of it? It was a lot heavier than I thought. Like, yeah. um, he also had to start with card deadlift. Yeah, so that was like my right. starting yeah. one. So Which is very that's, difficult. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I thought like when we were like training and stuff, my like deadlift was going up, and I felt yeah. strong in it, and yeah. like I'm pretty confident in my deadlift. So like when I got there, like I was trying to get like hyped up and everything, and. That first, like, the platform went up, and then, like, the deadlift or, like, the, the, car, the car. yeah. I was like, nope. Nope. Like, I tried, like, my hardest, like, yeah. probably f- five, six, seven times. Because you have a minute. Most of these events yeah. are times. So you have a minute to try to accomplish something. Like, yeah. the log press, too. We'll get into it in a second. Yeah. Um, yeah, you had time to everything that you could try. So if you miss, just because you can't pick it up, it's not like, like powerlifting. Whereas if you can't lift it up, that's your attempt. Yeah. In strongman, you have a minute to try to typically a minute something like that to try to move it. When it was like it was like cold out there too, oh, so you yeah. had no warm up. So you're basically doing your max effort with no warm up. Yeah, what's up? And what's it's cold, no and then you're just like going. It's just how we roll, man. <laughs> okay. No warm up. Yeah. Jeez, not a lot of prehab rehab. No, there's no prehab. <laughs> Jeez, should have my prehab at home. I, I did. I did warn you. Yes, you did. Yeah. Yeah. I did, yeah. I, yeah. Um, so truck pull, the fi- oh, truck nice. pull fiasco. So. Uh, they the truck was on a slight downhill, okay. meaning uphill. I'm sorry, the truck yeah. was going downhill. You yeah. were trying to pull it uphill. Yeah. Um, so when Rebecca, you did truck pull first. Yes. Okay. And you pulled the, the it was like a F one fifty. F one fifty. Okay. Yeah. So you got that how far? Like sixteen inches. Okay. It wasn't far. So you're holding one of this rope out in front of you, and Andrew was telling us pull the slack out of the rope. Yeah. Which we were not able to do because we're not strong enough. But the more slack I got out of the rope, the easier it got because you're able to pull yourself. If you have no slack, if there's still slack in the rope, like you're standing up so upright, it yeah. was kept pulling you like you kept falling over. Also, the guy wasn't moving the rope for you though. No. That made it difficult because you fell over the rope a couple of times. Yeah. When they switched to Brandon's weight class, they switched trucks to this. What was that truck? It was, that they were it was called a deuce and a half. Yes. On like the rules and like yes, the, the weights. A deuce and a half. A deuce and a half. It's so a giant they took. Truck. The, the women's like truck, the F-150 out, yeah. and like rolled in that deuce and a half. It so was, no like, one in your weight class could do it, right? No, and our weight class was novice, yeah. teenagers, yeah. and masters. And they gave us this huge military-grade truck. 
And yeah. And so by like, the time they got to mine, we were supposed to do a deuce and a half as well. Not even the bigger class yeah. for novice was able to move it. So they switched trucks. They pulled an audible, switched trucks. So I got to pull the same truck as Rebecca. So it was at that point for my weight class, it was just how far, like, how quick, how quick can you pull this truck across this line? Cool. But yeah, we, we got to work on that uh, that pulling strength a little more. Which I thought I had plenty of pulling strength until I went to pull on that rope and I could not get the slack out of it. <laughs> <laughs> you you guys picked a very challenging events for your first competition. You guys definitely did not go for the faint of heart no. competition for your first <laughs> one. Yeah, you guys definitely went all in. Yeah. So yeah, so we finished those three events. We're inside. We have the log press. Mm -hmm. Um, so Rebecca, your log was a ten-inch log yes. in diameter. Ours was a twelve-inch. It was twelve, right? Yeah. So Rebecca, what was your opener? So I opened at one twenty. Um, I actually didn't know what I was going to open with because I didn't <laughs> ever test my one rep because I was sick in bed at <laughs> oh, that time. Oh, that's right. Because Brandon and I yeah. got to, yeah. we figured out what our openers were that week that you were sick. Right. So okay. I uh, just during the warm-up was trying to feel it out and trying to figure out what I wanted to open with and what. Uh, Andrew and I had talked, and we were thinking 110, but as I was warming up, 100 felt real easy. I'm like, well, I'm going to throw 110 on there to warm up and see so how it goes. So your class could take 20-pound jumps, right? That was 10. No, no, sorry, 10-pound jumps. 10 pounds. We had to take 20-pound jumps yeah. in ours. So I warmed up with the 110, felt pretty good, so I decided to open with 120. Did that, it went up pretty easy. And then Smoked it. Yeah. Second attempt, 130, and my clean was ugly and I wore out my shoulders getting it up to my chest in the front rack and then it just went downhill from there pretty quickly. So oh, we're recording <laughs> recording Judy. Me. He's going back out. <laughs> Don't cuss Judy. Uh, Brandon, what did you open with? Um I opened with uh, 150. <laughs> 150. Yeah. Okay. So what you, is we going in? We thought you were going to open it like we thought you were going to open at 160. Yeah. And they told us the. the we're going to do 20 pound jumps. You're going to do 20 pound jumps, yeah. and the, the log weighed 90 pounds. Yeah. So we had to start. You had to start at 150. You did 150. What was your second attempt? Uh, 170. And, and then, then I wanted like 200. Like that was my goal for the log press. Yeah. But like the only jump that I could have done was 190 or 210. So I said screw it and let's just jump to 210 from 170, which okay. was like a huge jump, That's 40 a huge pounds. Jump. So it's, not like you, it's not like you get a warm up in between those two. No. Um, so like I knew it was gonna be hard, but I knew that that was my goal. So I was like willing to take like the failure. Okay. So like I did it, and I got it to my head, and then came down and like tapped my forehead, and I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. And like I cleaned it up good. Like I felt yeah. good with it. I felt confident. It was just my legs were shredded from the uh, deadlift and the truck pull already. Like I couldn't. I you was like no legs no juice. Yeah. yeah. So I opened at uh, one seventy. So when you open. If you, let's say, you miss your second lift, mm. your opening weight is your weight. Yeah. If you make your first lift, you make your second lift, but you miss your last lift, your second weight is the is your score. Mm. So whoever has the highest score wins, obviously. But mm. if there's a tie, it's who had the heavier lift in the previous round. Or like if I lifted 210 on my third round, which I did, and somebody else lifted 210 on their second round, but they missed 230, they beat me because they lifted it earlier. And that's what ended up happening. Mm. But I knew that I couldn't hit 230, so I started at 170. I did 170, 190, 210. 210, I missed the first time. I couldn't lock out my left arm. Had to set it down, and then I, I walked back, and I immediately walked back up, cleaned it, pressed it again, and got 210. Um, so there were other guys who pressed 210, but a lot of them missed 230. They all still beat me because they had suddenly beat one person in that event. Um, my problem, my rookie mistake that I made was they said explicitly in the beginning, do not drop the log. Don't throw the log from overhead. 
and I definitely like just crossfit, just let go of the bar overhead. Did you guys see it when I did oh, it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't you on a like, controlled drop, right? I got it overhead, <laughs> and I felt my arms unlocking because I couldn't lock it out anymore. So I locked it out, stood up. They said good lift. I went to go get ready to take it down. As soon as I unlocked my elbows, I just just like okay, bar's coming down. And I just took it straight down. It was not a gentle drop at all. It was so they actually said we'll, we'll do you a favor and we'll give you this lift. They could have made me zero that event for doing that. Oh, really? Yeah, mm -hmm. that's the rules. Well, like, the thing was, is, like, there were other big boys that were there, like, doing the press, and then they were dropping it behind them. So, so if, like, you miss, were, if you miss a rep, oh, that's fine. fine. If you make a rep okay. and you drop it, because they, they say if you make it, mm -hmm. you should have enough control to get it down. Exactly. And I understood I should have. It's just my heart rate was so high, I wasn't thinking clearly. When I went to lower the weight, I didn't have it, so yeah. I was like, get out, just move back. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was a that was a bad call on my part. Uh, mm. That was one, one the biggest thing, even more so than like I need to move faster on everything. Was I wish I hadn't dropped that bar. <laughs> I actually I, I apologized to the guys afterwards and thanked them for letting me still have that lift because by the rules I shouldn't have had that lift. So yeah, yeah try to stay as tough it is to try to try to like stay inside yourself. Mm. You do have to kind of move yourself away from the the competition because yeah. there's just so much going on. Mm -hmm. All right, so moving on to stones. This is my favorite part of the day. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. I think the Fingle Fingers is my favorite, but Stones yeah. was a close Stones, second. Yeah. yeah. Like farm work. <laughs> so, first thing that was different for us in the Stones, well, we'd never lifted, I'd never lifted a stone higher than 170, and I'd got Whoa. to my shoulder. Yeah, I've never done more than 145. 145, you've never done more than what? One, 145. 145, you get to your shoulder? No. Your shoulder? No, yeah, just to your chest, chest. yes. Yeah. So, we go into this, like, we don't know what these stones are going to feel like. No. We've gotten our front squats up, we've gotten our deadlifts up. We go into this event and they make us wear tacky. We didn't make it, they told us to wear tacky, which was a great decision. You ended up not doing it, right? Um, no, I yeah. had a little bit on. It's basically, it's basically like tree sap. Yeah. And you stick it to your arms so that your hands can stick to the Atlas stone. So when you right. go to roll it up, it doesn't come out. Uh, mm. Talking tacky. Oh. <laughs> so, so uh, and we gotta wrap it up because I have a client, um, but we'll come back. Yeah. We'll finish some other time. But, um, so the tacky really helped you hold onto the ball. Then the problem was, as you roll up to your shoulder and you have to take your hand off, your hands stick to the ball. It's like, I mean, it's magic. Well, that's the only reason that I didn't do is. a lot was because everyone was using tacky. So the first two balls, yeah. they had so much tacky on them. So like, as you cleaned it up, it like everyone's shirt chest. was coming up yeah. and they couldn't like see the platform. <laughs> so it was just like, I just figured it'd be, I'd be yeah. like, okay with it. So I had a but. scrape on my arm from the fingers earlier. So I taped my, my forearm. Some people were like duct taping their forearms. Mm -hmm. cool. um, you didn't use any, do you have any tape? Nope. Uh, nope, yeah, so just tacky on your arms. Yep. I had a little bit of tape and tacky on top of the tape, tacky on my hands. You're kind of like standing there like an action figure waiting to go. And then when you go, like you always say gripping and ripping, like legit, that's what it feels like when you're wearing tacky. Yeah. Like you feel like you, like you could just put your palm and palm a ball like a basketball. <laughs> so uh, so that event there, Bren, you got the first stone to your shoulder. Yeah, first stone, yeah. You got, now you shoulder the second stone yeah. and then you set it on the platform yeah. rather than like heaving it up. Yeah, the platform was like so to my chin, so I couldn't. It's 60 inches, yeah. like you and I are only 66 inches tall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then what happened on the third stone? The third one, um, like I, I saw the, the difference in size from the second and third one. Yeah. And it was like a lot wider, and I wasn't, I haven't like practiced the stone with like that. Yeah. Um, and I just couldn't get my fingertips like underneath the ball anymore. Okay. And I couldn't just, I couldn't bring it up. And then I just struggled with that. Okay. Rebecca? So um, I got the 110 to my shoulder. It was 
pretty easy. Just the tacky was sticking to things I wasn't expecting it to stick to. <laughs> um, and then with the platforms, my biggest mistake was I was too far away from the platforms. So by the time you got the ball up to your chest, chest, it was like I would go to set it down. Like there, there's, there's nothing, nothing here. there. <laughs> so uh, I. First attempt at the 130, I failed. I missed the platform and it came down to the ground. The second attempt, I was able to get it up. Um, then the second stone, again, I was too far away. So my first attempt, I got it up high enough that it would have gone onto the platform, but the platform was too far away. So then it hit the floor, okay. um, and then I barely, I got stuck basically on the corner of my last attempt, and then time. And time right out on that one. There. Um, for me, I was one of the. I was one of the first guys in my class to go. I saw the guy who won the 165, and he was, like, blazing through this thing. But he also deadlifted more than I did, and he was in the weight class below me. I mean, he's a strong guy. He won his class. So I get the first stone in my shoulder, which was easy, walk over to do the next stone, which wasn't difficult. And so I'm, like, setting myself up perfect flat back on these stones, <laughs> which is not normal when you're just loading stones. And I set myself up, and I even finished the last one, and the whole thing took me like 30, 37 seconds or something to do all four stones. The guys who were winning were doing it in like 17, 18 seconds for these four stones. So speed was, was my thing. I should have moved much faster. But I mean, I don't know going to the competition, but... I mean, you set like five PRs on the Atlas stones. Yes, much. yeah. So yeah. it's not like you had a bad run. No. <laughs> yeah. It's just speed. I mean, that's not something that we that we worked a ton on in training because uh, we just had to get strong enough in training. But going to the next competition, like you know, strategizing how fast you're going to be able to move would be helpful. But like, how far was like the stones like being speed and just being like just doing the objective? Because like those guys were like going as fast. Oh yeah, like, no, it's their it's, heads were like going into the platform. Like yeah, I'm just like it well, wasn't. Well, form like, is not something that's like CrossFit and the jeez. Strongman, oh CrossFit too. CrossFit especially. Strongman as well. It's all about doing things as fast as you can, right? Well, I think I think for your particular stone run, it was it was a it was a relatively light stone run. So yeah. I think you know that's why guys were moving super fast. Okay. I think generally the fourth and fifth stone in the run are going to be pretty challenging, and not everyone is going to finish. Oh, gotcha. Those stone runs. So okay. I think I think when as you guys progress, you'll see. Kind of as you go, that kind of that third and fourth stone are going to get pretty heavy. Like you're probably going to be loading in, in the lower threes okay. like down the road, and yeah, and you're not going to see two forty didn't like. I once I picked it up and got it yeah. up because it wasn't a high platform. But I realized that I should have moved way faster through the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, and and you're going to see guys that aren't going to be able to finish, especially with it being the last event of a long day. Yeah, you know, guys that can load um, like big stones aren't going to be able to finish. That, okay, just based just based on like it just being very taxing on your yeah. body for the entire day. So. Yep. You know, but you guys did great. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. All right, so we had to stop, train some clients. Wait, did you have a client? No. No, Brandon and I had clients. Yeah. That worked out well. Um, so we just wrapped up the stones. Um, the whole day's over. How did we finish? <laughs> I finished dead last. I finished dead last. Uh, dead last. Dead last, okay. <laughs> so I wanted Andrew in here to talk about this. I didn't think I finished dead last at first because... I beat at least one guy in every event, but there was one guy, uh, the way the events work is if you, there's five people in your group, if you win first, you get five points, if you come in last, you get one point, as long as you don't zero the event. I didn't zero any events, and I beat at least one guy every event, except the stones, because I was slow, so I thought, oh, well, I probably didn't come in last. Turns out, the guy who I would have beaten beat so many of us on the truck pool that he jumped ahead of me by one point. Hmm. So, we all finished last. Was that disappointing to you all? 
Yes. At first. Yeah, for Ooh. me, yeah. I mean, it was, but, like, it was all of our first, like, time, and, like, it just gave us, like, what we need to work on now. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, there were seven people in my group. How many were in yours? I don't even know. Like five? Yeah, I think. It was small. Yours was what, five or six? Five. Yeah. yeah, so when you think about it, if we were in a pool of maybe 30, 40 athletes, <laughs> yeah. you know, that'd be one thing. But the fact that we were in such a small pool. Oh, hey, Andrew. Yeah. Oh, sorry. We'll be very quick with this. Coming in last place, Andrew. Have you ever come in last place before? I have not. No. You're not? Oh, okay. Wow. wow. See, now, okay. I was kind of. I've, okay. I've come in second to last place. Okay, okay. Yeah, so we're talking about I didn't I I thought I wasn't in last place, but I ended up being in last place because the one guy in the truck pool just killed everybody. I would have beaten him. I thought, so I was in last place by one point. Mm-hmm. So going into the next one, obviously my goal would be to not come in last place. I would like that to be, you know, something. But um, yeah, like you said, I don't think it's that important being your first competition. You can't expect to. You're going up against people who have been doing this for a while. Sure. Most of the time. If you're in the open class, maybe not so much a novice. Mm-hmm. But most of those guys in novice actually look like they had... Well, one of the teenagers that I was talking to, he was 18. Yeah. And he was probably like 230, 240. And he like log pressed like 270. Jeez. And he was like 18. And I yeah. was like, okay. Yeah. Choose. Yeah, so that was... I mean, it was, it was disappointing. But yeah. obviously, like, you know, I kind of expected us to not crush it like against other people right um now my other goals going into it were like to hit prs so you pr the log Mm -hmm. you you wait did you you tied your pr in the log right yeah yeah Mm -hmm. but it was so it was way easier than you did here yeah Yeah. you had a log clean pr yeah Mm -hmm. and then yeah Yeah. (laughs) 40 pounds yeah Yeah. Uh, we all pr'd our stones We've never yeah. done the truck pool. We've never done the car deadlift. We've never done the finger finger. So I think going away from it, Andrew, how do you think we did on those? I think you guys did great. Like I think I think the one thing that people don't necessarily take into account is you guys had like the guts to like put yourselves out there, especially since you know I'm, you guys I know like progressing forward want to do you know strong man strong woman. But I think yeah. a lot of people are too scared to compete because they don't want to fail. And I think that's like really important that you guys put yourselves out there, had fun, set a lot of PRs. And did all that. I think the other important thing, you guys really didn't touch like any implements. <laughs> and, and the implements you did touch, short of the log, were all very light. Yeah. So I think, I think, looking at everything as a whole as you're training, I think you guys did great. Okay. I mean, you know, as you guys progress and get stronger, you compete more, you gain more experience, you start working with the different implements, and then you guys are gonna take off. So. Oh, thank you. Cool. All right, so advice for people going into their first event. We've, I mean, we've thrown a lot of it out here, but um, I would say uh, once you finding an event, find one that's going to be, you know, not super, super, super far away. You had your 10-hour one away. I think maybe try to find something kind of close uh, so it's not super, super stressful. Um, maybe go in as novice so you don't have to worry too much about the weight classes because typically a novice, there's like a lightweight and a heavyweight. There's not all these middle ones. Um, look at the weights going into the events, and I'll give you an idea of what you need to train. If if it's a max axle deadlift at 475, and your current deadlift is 315, you probably need to get that deadlift up, yeah. or find a lighter comp, or know that you might zero that, that event. Yeah. And you can't go for every single comp that you're not going to zero every event because you knew you probably weren't going to pull the, the deadlift. I was hoping. You were hoping. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I went in with the two goals. Don't come in dead last and don't zero anything. 
how did how this turn out for <laughs> they you? They didn't turn out very well. <laughs> yeah, I think our goals for ourselves were re- were really high on yeah. this. That was the biggest. For thing me, for especially me. competing competing in CrossFit <laughs> and then going to this, it's like I my first CrossFit competition, I came in like like thirteenth out of forty or something. Like I knew I didn't do well, but I knew I beat a lot of people in it, and I was like really small then. So I thought, oh, I'll, I'll at least you know maybe be like yeah. you know not dead last, but um, yeah. I think yeah, I think like you said, putting ourselves out there. I think the the humbling experience of it makes me want to train harder definitely yeah Yeah, i think with Mm -hmm. sports in general and as a coach you can take failure two ways you can either kind of crumple up and feel sorry for yourself or you can use it as motivation to get better and yeah that's definitely that's what andrew texted me that a couple days after the event because he he asked all of us after if we're going to do it again and like that day even though we knew that like (laughs) we were probably gonna be last (laughs) all of us said like yeah let's do the next one right um so yeah i think if people are going to do their first competition to to not go in you said earlier keep your expectations low yeah yes yeah, yeah. for sure yeah i think maybe keeping your expectations low of, like of how reachable like or, or how you're comparing yourself yeah. to other people mm-hmm. like if you go in there and just say, very general say you know I'm, i want to enjoy myself i want to i want to leave there not injured and i want to set a pr <laughs> like those are some pretty good goals to have going yeah. into it and then um I'd say get a good coach. We obviously oh, yeah. wish Andrew was in here so we could compliment him, but Andrew did an incredible job taking mm-hmm. us from a, a pretty generalized fitness program where we were you know, decently strong, decently endurant, fast, things like that. We were well-rounded and totally skewing our fitness level towards strength mm-hmm. over the course of like 10, 12 weeks, which mm-hmm. is not a long time to totally change three athletes to strength athletes. And I thought that he did a really good job, considering that you know we were we were able to move the weights that we were in training um, and in the competition. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things for me was what I learned in training, even more than the competition, mm-hmm. like what kind of loads I was able to move. <laughs> yeah. Like we set a lot of PRs in training yeah, sure. that were more impressive than what we did that day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Rebecca, like that one day you did a zercher hold for like two and a half minutes at one eighty five. Like yeah. some really impressive stuff in training that mm-hmm. had we not had this goal of a competition we wouldn't have done. Right. So that's one of the nice things. You said before it's nice to train for something. Yes. Because when's the last time you trained for something? Basketball. Yeah. Uh, which, long time ago. Four years, <laughs> five years. Yeah. So. You put a lot of training hours in when you played golf? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But that's like the last time you, you were like training for yeah. something in a sport. I'm not trying to like illegitimize <laughs> no, golf. <I> <laughs> <laughs> it's like you weren't doing like, you know, yeah. loaded carries or no. anything. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, so for me, I haven't trained specifically for anything since my last year of competing in CrossFit in 2013. Mm-hmm. So it's you know been five years since I've trained with the mindset of I'm going to apply this fitness in a way. So I think that's important too, is using your fitness, mm-hmm. testing your fitness, um, not even against other people, but against yourself. Like what are right. you capable of? Mm-hmm. Um, I think not comparing yourself to other people is, is always important. Obviously, if you're competing though, you are comparing yourself to other people because it's a competition. Yeah. Um, so there is that aspect to it. But I think going into your first competition, just speaking to those people, um, I would say go into there, go into it trying to compete with yourself. Do the best that you can do and keep your expectations for how are you going to fare against other people and the implements pretty low because you're not going to get to use most of the implements that are there. You're not going to have access to stones most of the time yeah. or fingers or pulling a truck. So you just get as strong as you can, which is what he told us to do. Right. And you'll do your best there that day. Mm. Uh, so last thing we're going to end with, how are you going to change things leading up to the competition in January? Um, I'm thinking I need to change like my diet a little bit around and just like bringing all that I have like every single day to my training and stuff because now okay. I know what to expect and like what mentality that I need to like walk into that like competition and stuff. Yeah. 
So wait, what? How are you trying to compete in January weight class wise? You going to open? Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna try to okay. open. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So because if yeah. now the one thing I want to mention is once you go open, you can't go back to novice. Yeah. So if you are thinking about your first comp and you go novice. Um, that might not be a bad idea because once you go open, you wouldn't be able to jump back in office. Rebecca, how are you changing training going into? Uh, I'm going to deadlift until my legs fall off. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> that's probably the biggest thing I'm going to focus on between now and January is trying to get that deadlift up. Uh, I'm going to try to go for the same weight class, so probably okay. walk around a little bit heavier than 165 and then cut. Yeah, and he's getting excited, <laughs> heavy breathing over here. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. My my goal is I want to try to gain close to 20 pounds between now and April. Um, Andrew and I talked before that if, if, if I'm if I'm above 190, I'm 183, 84 now, if I can get it well above 190, then I'll compete in the the, um, uh, the, well, the classes are combined this comp. So it'll be right. 180 all the way up to 220. So I'll compete in that class unless uh, something happens. And like usual, I lose weight over the holidays because that's typically how things go. <laughs> I know, I know. Don't oh. talk to me about it because there's a lot going on. I get busy, and I, and I just like. I, well, it's another time. Uh, but <laughs> but if my weight is low, then I'll just drop and compete as a 181. But I would like to try to taste 200 on my on body weight. I know that Andrew's excited about that. Um, yeah. So that's that'll be my goal. Andrew, wanted to, we were thanking you. You weren't in here uh, for taking our our frail bodies and turning them into slightly less frail bodies in a very short amount of time. Uh, we're talking about the importance of getting getting coaching. Did you ever have somebody coaching you? Um, I've had somebody do my programming for like three months, but. Really? That was, that was oh my <laughs> Man, I keep tossing bad examples out here because I always try to do get somebody else to program for me like half half the year. I mean, I really like the programming. I just, uh, it, you know, just like stupid stuff. Why I stopped doing it? But, okay. But yeah, yeah. I, I mostly just program for myself. Yeah. Well, that's why we went to you because you're obviously yeah. the expert with it. But nah, I don't yeah. know about that. Okay. Okay. We do need to have you on to just specifically talk some stuff sometimes because yeah. you've been dropping nuggets of wisdom and then running out and doing work out here on the I'm desk. I'm trying not to get fired. Uh, okay. Yeah. Good job. Yes, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed these episodes. If you are planning on competing in your first strongman competition, we wish you the best of luck in your training and hope you can enjoy your experience just as much as we did ours. If you're a fan of the show and you would like to show your support for Straight Shot, we would love to see you in the gym working out in our very first t-shirt. It's available now on straightshottraining.com. Just click on store in the menu and you'll see it right there. These shirts are super soft, but still durable enough to hold up wash after wash. And while you're on our website, you can also check out what you get with a subscription to our training program. You get mobility, prehab, strength and conditioning work, and cooldowns delivered weekly to your inbox with demo videos and weekly coaching chats included, all for just $21 a month. Again, the website is straightshottraining.com. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week, everybody.